0: In this week's episode, I'm joined by Jackie Ferguson, co-founder and VP of content and marketing at the diversity movement. She and I will talk about Lyft's Women Plus Connect program, Pinterest's new body positive artificial intelligence algorithms, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion, with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started, Jackie. Will you please introduce yourself?
1: Hi Bernadette. Hi everyone. I'm Jackie Ferguson. I am the co-founder and VP of content and programming at the diversity movement. I also have a podcast called diversity beyond the checkbox and Bernadette was one of my very first guests. I'll never forget that. And then, um, I've recently been awarded the Inc 200 female founders award, which I was super excited about, which honors, um, female founders, uh, in the U.S. that are trying to change the world a little bit. And so that's a little about me.
0: Congratulations. I, I somehow miss missed that, that in, in social media. That's really amazing. Oh, thank you. we are a little girl from the Hudson Valley, just like that's me. That's right. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the I things that. that Jackie and I have in common, folks, is that we are from the same small region yes. in New York, about 10, 15 minutes drive from each other. So That's
1: exactly right. Small
0: world. (laughs) It is. It is. So go look uh, for the episode that I was on 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 your show a few years ago. All right. So, Jackie, you know, you are a DEI practitioner. Um, The topic of today's uh, today's five things is stay relevant. So, you know, in your conversations with your clients, what advice are you giving them to stay relevant?
1: Yeah, you know we've heard a lot, Bernadette, about, you know, what's the business case for DEI? And really what we're seeing in that shift is how do we relate that to cultural strength? So as we think about our employee base, we want to make sure that we're retaining them. So staying relevant for us is really about understanding how to build that core competency of a strong culture to then Build your productivity against your retention against your innovation against, right? Because a good culture and a strong culture creates happy employees, and happy employees work differently. They work hard, they're thinking about new ideas. And so, um, that's one of the things that is important for us um, to discuss. Another thing that we're finding in business in general is uh, leadership development as a competency. And so we're weaving DEI into leadership development because when you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion and the competencies that create good leaders, right? You're thinking about empathy. You're thinking about compassion. You're thinking about commitment. And in addition to the job that you do every day and how are you building leaders equitably within your organization. And so DEI is, of course, as we know, woven throughout the organization, but definitely we're looking at talking points specific to um, the culture building and the leadership development and how to weave DEI throughout those two
0: pieces. That makes a lot of sense. So are you encouraging your clients or, or even in your own uh, marketing, are you changing your language to move away from DEI and more towards culture and leadership?
1: Yeah, we're finding that that does work for certain organizations, right? So there are certain industries specifically that are, you know, a a little more um, open, a little more liberal, a little more understanding of the benefits of DEI. And then there are industries that are a little more closed, a little more conservative in the way that um, they're thinking about what culture means, right? And and so sometimes we have to change that language to combat, right? The idea of, oh, we're doing fine. Our employees are, are doing great, really. But have you asked them, right? And until you get to that point, sometimes you've got to come in through a different door. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and culture building is certainly one. Retention is one. Leadership development is one um, that we use a lot. And then once you're in there, What those, you know, because what I find, Bernadette, is that very often people weaponize words, right? And so you find that you're against this specific word. But if you call it something else, people are like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, right? Sure. Okay. And so because people are not open to words the way that they should be, right? Like, let me understand that word. What what am I not getting about that? What have I haven't, you know, what haven't I heard about that? So sometimes you've got to change the words to get in and it's the same work, but um, sometimes the words do matter.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's hard to figure out how to weaponize the word culture. So that seems like mm-hmm. a, a good <laughs> over way to change right. heart, hearts and minds. We do it any way we can, right? That's right. That's right. It up. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into this week's good vibes. The first story is about how some airports here in the U.S. are increasingly striving to become dementia friendly. This means that they're modifying their facilities and services to better serve travelers with cognitive impairments. So this could be quiet rooms, sensory training centers to train these folks to experience the airport, all the sensors of it, Mm -hmm. um, and programs like the Hidden Disabilities Sunflower Lanyard which indicates that a traveler may require additional assistance. Yeah. You know, I like this because it just shows all of the diversity within diversity.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think this is great because airports are overwhelming for all of us. Yeah. Right. And especially when you incorporate the anxiety that many of us feel about flying, um, are we going to be on time? We've got to go through TSA. And am I going in the right direction? Am I in the right terminal? So for all of us, airports are overwhelming. But when you've got some, you know, cognitive disabilities um, or dementia or things like that, it's it's even more so. And so having friendly faces that you can ask questions with the cool lanyards and things, um, having quiet rooms, right? Getting out of the fray of people running this way and that way, I think is really great. And Bernadette, you you said it, Like this is an example of diversity being extended to everyone, right? There's so many times that when people think of diversity, they're thinking about specific people like gender or race or sometimes sexual orientation, but there are so many aspects of diversity. And this is one that includes everyone. And it's so important to call those things out.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, it's hard to argue with this. You know, most people know someone who at least is personally affected by dementia. Um, that's right. and so it's really hard to argue with, with this. I think it's, it's great. And that's kind of another covert way to, <laughs> Right. <laughs> to be inclusive. And, and because being inclusive also means thinking about our facilities, thinking mm-hmm. about the and the customer experience and the traveler experience and how we are creating a space where everyone can can feel safe, stay safe,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, and yeah, then airports are intense.
1: Absolutely. And Bernadette, it's just better for business.
0: Yeah. Because if you have you know dementia or if
1: someone in your family has dementia, aren't you going to want to go to the airport? that's, that's going to service your needs better. Mm -hmm. And that's true of all of the things that we think of with who we are as individuals, what our habits and behaviors are, what our needs are. Um, You know, we're going to shop the businesses that, that give us what we need, that see us, right. That make us feel valued and that can provide the equity that we need whatever you know words you're using it's really about are you providing for us as individuals and for businesses that are thinking about that and thinking about accessibility throughout their whole experiences i imagine those airports are going to do a lot better
0: yeah it's true mm-hmm. It would be interesting if someone who's a clever reader or listener or watcher would uh, track the different companies I've talked about in five things and see if they beat the market. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because honestly, you know, I've had a number of guests who are like, and now I want to do more business with them, Mm -hmm. right? Because of X, Y, and Z. And so, absolutely, these things really do matter. Okay, the second story is from uh, Operation Hope which collaborated with Shopify in 2020 to create 1 million black owned businesses. So Mm -hmm. Shopify gave operation hope $130 million and the program offers free business licenses, domain names, payment and delivery support systems, business consultings and financial literacy to black entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And it's already created 330,000 black owned businesses in three years. Wow. It's pretty awesome, right? Above Very cool. uh, f- Quicker than they expected.
1: That's so great. You know, I think that a lot of Black professionals want to try their hand at entrepreneurship. And I think one of the, you know, there are several setbacks. One is bias, right, in lending, bias in capital. So, and then another thing is just networking, so many individuals don't have someone in their network that's an entrepreneur that they can sit with and say, okay, how do I go about thinking about this? What do I need to get started? How much capital do I need to get started? Right. And so to have that support system that can really guide you through that process gives empowers so many more people to say, yes, that this is something that I feel confident in pursuing. You know, and then we do have to talk about the, the you know, disadvantages that we have in lending, right? And so when we're thinking about capital and Bernadette, I read this study, it was probably about four or five years ago, but I can't imagine it has changed significantly so. But Black women entrepreneurs were getting about $0.06 cents for every $1,000 of capital investment in you know, new businesses, and that's just not enough. And so organizations like this that are making those commitments are seeing a real turn in um, individuals that have amazing ideas, have amazing capabilities, and just need that support and that encouragement um, to empower them to move forward.
0: Absolutely. D- did you say six cents on the thousand dollars? Thousand dollars, mm-hmm that is beyond pathetic. And I hope that it's, I hope that it's at least become $6, which would be still pathetic, but wow. Yeah. So these stories really do make a difference. And and what I love is that the CEO of operation hope is really committed uh, to the financial literacy piece of this project because he sees financial literacy as the civil rights issue of our time, Mm -hmm. which I think is fascinating, but it's true in the sense that, we need to have, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who start businesses, they don't know how to run a business and they don't yeah. necessarily know how to manage money, but they have a great skill or craft or whatever it happens to be service. That's right. So the financial literacy piece is huge.
1: Absolutely, Bernadette. And, you know, because you can start a business, you can be successful in a business. But how do you sustain that business, right? How do you think about taking that profit and making investments? How much of that profit do you need to put away for, you know, a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about, you know, how much do you invest in new employees? And so, you know, again, that that goes to, I don't have the experience with that, right? A lot of experiences that we have with money is like, okay, you make money, you pay your bills, you put your savings aside, Try not to run up your credit cards, but it doesn't go beyond that. How do we invest our money? You know, what are some of the? You know, how much should we put into real estate versus, you know, all the different types of investments that are out there? That if you go through them, most of us only know you know ten to twenty five percent of what all the potential investments could be. And so, how do you create that that opportunity to learn and, and create financial literacy for people that are now? Seeing money flowing in, right? from their new business. So important.
0: Well, when uh, corporates not paying equitably, we have to do our own thing, right? and so, and we have to figure out how to make it worthwhile. So this is so key to close that racial wealth gap in particular. Okay, the third story this week comes from the rideshare company Lyft, which has a new program called Women Plus Connect that matches women and non-binary drivers with more women and non-binary riders. So folks can turn this setting on and then the uh, app will start to prioritize matches with others who share their gender identity. So this is in part to try to attract more women and non-binary Lyft drivers, which of course makes Lyft more money, those drivers more money and hopefully creates a better user experience for, the women and non-binary passengers. So win, win, win is, uh, the goal here.
1: I love that. And, you know, uh, one of the things Bernadette that I've heard people say, whether they are drivers or passengers is they feel nervous, you know, be, you know, we're, we're all raised to say, don't get in the car with strangers. And now (laughs) we're expected (laughs) to get in the car with strangers. Right. And, you know, it, it can be nerve wracking. I think, um, for a lot of people that I've had this conversation with over the past day or two, they feel um, a sense of safety, right? You've got um, someone that is, you know, a a woman driving a woman or a non-binary person driving a woman, it makes them feel a little bit safer. And certainly, you know, to to say it out loud, people of, of all different genders can be positive and all different genders can be negative but there is that that safety measure where people feel more comfortable with that and and I totally get that I think that's great and then you know it's a great way to make extra money right and and you know when you're thinking about the the wealth gap between um, men and women right and based on you know the the pay equity issue that we that we still have that's a way to to make up some of the difference as individuals. And of course we have a corporate responsibility to take care of that and make that up. But as individuals, what can we do? Um, I think that's a a great way to, um, you know, change the game for you personally.
0: Exactly. And it's definitely means that I'm going to be calling Lyft on the way to the airport tomorrow instead of Uber. Yeah. So there we go. It works. All right, Uh, fourth story is from JM Smucker, which, by the way, happens to be buying Hostess, maker of Twinkies. Uh, Smuckers has adopted a unique hybrid work model called Core Weeks, which is designating 22 weeks a year for in office work, but employees can live wherever they want. They just have to cover their own travel on those Core Weeks. And it's really working for Smuckers. I mean, folks are really happy with the setup. They're able to save significant amount of money and have that flexibility. And especially for women and underrepresented folks, flexibility is key in part to avoid the microaggressions that show up in the office.
1: Absolutely. You know, I love this. I think that before COVID, Bernadette, we were all very dedicated to you know, people need to be in the office, and you can't learn and grow if you're not in the office. And how do I know if you're working if you're not in the office? And then COVID, right? And then here we all are working from home. And I think a lot of organizations got to see, okay, people can be productive working from home. And of course, people with um, disabilities had been advocating for that for years before. Sure. And now, okay, we're in, we went to a remote. Now we're more of a hybrid workforce, which I think is great. I think flexibility is one of those things that matters to employees in general more than even compensation. I think that, you know, as we think about our lives as individuals and the things that we want to do, our lives as parents, or our lives as care, you know, caregivers for our, our parents and things, there's lots of different ways that we, you know, we need flexibility and reasons why we need flexibility in the workforce. I think that's a great program, you know, to be able to depend on your job and and have that job, but be able to live anywhere. I think that's great. And especially with some of the legislation, unfortunately, that we're seeing, I think people are, are looking to relocate, right? And move out of those states that have legislation built against who they are as as individuals and humans. And I certainly don't fault people for that,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. it's a it's a great model. I think that there we've started to see different models evolve, and I think this one's pretty unique. ok. The fifth story this week comes from Pinterest which is combating body image biases by using artificial intelligence to promote diverse body types in its image search results. So it's analyzed over 5 billion images and now recognizing different body shapes and sizes to present a more inclusive and diverse portrayal of bodies when they did something similar with uh, skin tones. Mm -hmm. So I I appreciate that they are trying to uh, use their power for good.
1: Absolutely. I I think that, you know, it's important for individuals to see themselves represented in, you know, the media, you know, when they're, when they're thinking about, you know, shopping or are they, is there someone representative of them, right? It's that, um, that makes them want to, to purchase from that brand. I think there's a, a core values alignment that's, that's required now for people to shop, um, different from, you know, 20 years ago where, oh, this is a good brand shop from there. You know, you don't you're not looking at their values on their website. Right. But now I think, especially with, with Gen Z and, you know, in the marketplace, they are very much aligned with, Shopping with organizations that align with their values, and so I think that diversity and inclusion are major values for the majority of people. And you know, the thing about just a quick sidebar, Bernadette very often, the loud people, the minority of loud people, get a lot of attention, but for most of us. DEI is something that we believe in. Human rights is something that we believe in and support. And so just to take that quick sidebar, it's a it's a minority that's that's really loud and obnoxious and, and causing us some some issues, right? But the majority of us, those who are, are shopping and those who are in the workplace and, and living in our communities, believe in that in human rights and believe that people should be safe and respected and i think that that's reflective in in this um you know pinterest thing i think it's great you know i want to shop where i can see some one that looks like me and what it's going to look like on me right and not the um the, you know the the size 4 that's like oh we also have this in your size yes but like what is that going to look like on me right and so i love that and i think that the majority of people of all sizes like to see that represented they want to see themselves they want to see their friends they want to see the people that they're shopping for and so i think i think it's great
0: i think it's great too and the it's important to have diverse data sets when artificial intelligence is being used because otherwise artificial intelligence is just going to spit back bias right okay. and so having the diversity in this data is really key to promote that representation and to help folks feel included in the search results. So, all right. So thank you. Um, this week's call to action is inclusion tips on the Jewish holidays, which we're in the, the middle of Rosh Hashanah now. So Shana Tova to those who celebrate. Um, we'll put those inclusion tips there in, in the show notes as well. Jackie, it has been a wonderful having you as a guest today. How can folks stay in touch with you?
1: Thanks, Bernadette. I've had so much fun. People can reach me at thediversitymovement.com or they can find me on LinkedIn.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being an awesome guest and I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to 5 Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my 5 Things newsletter, join at 5ThingsDEI.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for 5 Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes to DEI.